Great. Morning. Um, just to let you know, I'm speaking in three little bits, and this one's the longest. All right? So if you're timing me, it's going to get shorter. And I'm going to make three points in these three little bits. But first of all, um, who saw the Olympics torch this week? Oh, lots. Was it good? Because it's really... you know, 8,000 holes in it, apparently. Is that right, Emily? Is that what you told me? 8,000 holes in one for each runner. So Emily, the fount of all knowledge here, told me these wonderful things. She's the expert. And um, Hillary said she was going to get me a torch. So I was thrilled when this arrived. She's been on eBay. Yeah. And uh, a little less thrilled when it actually came out of the box. <laughs> but there we are. Thank you, Hillary. £2.69, if you want to know. <laughs> you don't have to get it on eBay. Good. So how does the Olympic torch work? Why doesn't the flame go out when they're running along? Does anyone know? Okay. Well, I can give you a bit of history. Um, it used to be with olive oil. The torch was burning with olive oil. And then sometimes they used to burn precious metals. So they gave a real bright, you know, like phosphorus or something like that. The chemists will tell me better. And uh, diff different things. But I think now they use a gas canister or something like that. But here's a factoid for you. Do you know that there's no reference to candles in the Bible? Old Testament or New Testament? Do you know that? Sometimes you see the word candle, but it's not a very good translation. So you have candlesticks and things like that. But if you look in the Bible, you'll find, like in the New Testament, there's two words. One means a torch, a flaming torch, a little one you carry around the streets, okay, to see where you're going. Another one's like a lamp, but it's the same thing. It's a flaming lamp where you put it on a lampstand in the house so everyone can see. The point is this. The idea of a candle... Something that gives light by burning of its own substance is utterly the wrong idea that the Bible gives. All of the torches and lamps in the Bible burn from a source outside itself. Oil. Oil. The Holy Spirit. That's the picture of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? So remember that when you're reading. If you're a bit of a scholar and you see the word candle, look it up. See what the word is. That's factoid. Right. I've got three points now. Oh, that was the first one. How about that? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Good. First point then. Second point. What gets me frustrated at the beginning of summer? Any guesses? Lack of time in the garden. Not quite, but in the right area. The lawnmower. Yes, Dave, is that right? She's heard this. <laughs> One thing I can't stand is when you first start... I've got a petrol lawnmower. We haven't got a very big garden, but we did have a bigger one. And so you get out there in the end of March, and you pull the thing, and time and time again, you end up stripping the carburetor. You know, oh, this stupid thing won't work. And do you know why? I discovered last year one of the reasons why the lawnmower wouldn't start. It's because the petrol had gone off. <laughs> if you leave the petrol in a mower over the winter, it loses its flammability. And there's two reasons why my lawnmower won't start, really. One is if you get muck in the petrol, in the oil. And the other is if the oil has gone stale. Right? 
So, who would like to open my torch and have a look and see how it's powered? No, no, it's not messy. Oh, go on. It's all right. Yeah, I'm sure. What is it? <laughs> what is it? I'll hold the bulb for you. Oh, no. Pick it up. What thing is it? Go on. Yeah. Anyone else like to say what it is? Just look at the outside, I'll tell you. Yes, it's a dog poo bag, actually. <laughs> would anyone like it? <laughs> you would. Oh, right, there you are. <laughs> it's all right. It's not real poo inside. Well, you're disappointed now. Right. So my torch is not working. Now there's this microphone now. Great. So, that was my second point. Things won't work if there's muck in them or if the oil's gone stale. And that's true of my lawnmower. Right, here's a final point. This is for the Bible scholars. Jesus said, your eyes are the torch lamp to your body. And if your eyes are good, they're working well, they're focused, then your body is full of light. That's interesting, isn't it? So what it's saying is, what you, if you see well, then actually you'll live well. But it's really interesting, the context in Matthew, that this is written. Immediately before that, Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where they rot and rust. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And immediately after explaining about whether your eyes are good, he says, no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. And then he says, seek first. Seek. Look at it. Seek it out first. The kingdom of God and his ways and everything will be added to you. The oil is from outside yourself. <laughs> what we need is something from God that's totally outside ourselves. And to find it, we have to be 100% for it. We just sung, haven't we? To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. Do we mean it? I'll say it again. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are our one desire. If we want to be filled with his spirit, then we have to get the poo out of our lives, to put it bluntly, <laughs> and allow God to come in with fresh Holy Spirit energy. If you've gone stale or there's a blockage, let's open our hearts. To you our hearts are open. You are our one desire. Okay. This one's shorter.
Uh, anyone seen the film Invictus? Yeah, some of us watched it on the men's weekend. It's a good film. It's about the Rugby World Cup in South Africa. And uh, there's someone who plays Nelson Mandela. And there's someone who plays the rugby captain, whose name was Francoise Pinoir, I think. Is that right? And there's an interesting conversation. Because um, Nelson Mandela, in the film, calls the captain of the rugby team into his office for a cup of tea. And the rugby captain is very, very nervous, as you can imagine. He's the president of South Africa. He's very nervous. And Nelson Mandela invites him in and makes him very, very welcome. says, have a cup of tea, have a cup of tea. And they have this conversation. Mandela says to Francois Pinoir, what is your philosophy on leadership? How do you inspire your team to do their best? By example said Francois. But how do you get them to do better than they think they can be? That is very difficult, I find. Inspiration, perhaps. How do we inspire ourselves to greatness where nothing less will do? How do we inspire everyone around us? I sometimes think it's by using the work of others. And then Mandela says this, he says, we need inspiration. Because in order to build our nation, we must all exceed our expectations. That's quite a quote, isn't it? We need inspiration. Because in order to build our nation, we must all exceed our expectations. That could be a word for the church, couldn't it? In order to build the kingdom of God, we, you and me, must exceed our expectations. Bless God, he's come to do that, to help us do that. Okay, I thought I'd just have a little question, like, who is the Holy Spirit? What's that? Just a brief one, because it's confusing, because I didn't have any idea what the Holy Spirit meant, or was, or anything. And I'd been going to a church all my life up to that point, and I was then about 20. So I'm not going to go into great length, but let me say this. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay? Jesus is God. You look at Jesus, you see God. Receive the Holy Spirit, you receive God. Look at Jesus, you'll know what the Holy Spirit is like. Okay? Nothing frightening. It's God himself. Okay. We've got rid of the poo. This is going on the web, isn't it? <laughs> right, I've put batteries in, and hopefully, it works. Good. We need an outside source of power for our lights to work, don't we? That's what Pentecost is celebrating. So, we read in Acts earlier, wait till you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You could say, what's this power then? Is it, oh, you know, I can do mighty things now? Well, maybe. <laughs> it also means ability, strength, force. It occurs, the word occurs 118 times in the New Testament. 
It's important. We need it, don't we? We need God if we're going to see kingdom come. And Paul said in Corinthians, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. There's inspiration for us. If we're to see kingdom come, we've got to believe the impossible is possible. Yes? And it's nothing to do with what we can do. It's power from on high. I read a quote last time I spoke from this book by Tom Wright. I'm going to read it again. It's very short, so don't panic. God doesn't give the Holy Spirit in order to let them enjoy the spiritual equivalent of a day at Disneyland. The point of the the Spirit is to enable those who follow Jesus to take into all the world the news that He is Lord, that He has won the victory over the forces of evil, and that a new world has opened up, and that we're here to help make it happen. God wants us to do our part. Not by doing things under our own steam. That's a tragic misunderstanding. But without God's spirit, the church simply cannot be the church. And if we just try and carry on being church without knowing a continual blessing and filling the spirit, actually, it's a bit of a discredit to God. And pretty useless to the world that we're meant to be reaching out to. So, why did the Spirit come? We heard that he came, and all of a sudden these people were speaking in lots of languages. Did you hear all those languages? Would anyone like to shout out what language? Colin, what did you speak? German, okay. Uh, What were you speaking, Dush? Sorry? Polish, okay. Uh, Was there Russian? Uh, What were you speaking, Diana? Spanish, okay. Uh, There was French. Uh, Raimondo, I presume you spoke Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have Albanian? Yeah, we have Albanian. Any other languages? I missed the cue. Oh. He missed the cue. Thinking snooker. What did you speak? Something. Korean. Okay. Well, ask him afterwards. Great. Why different languages? Because this good news is for the whole world. What's the point of a light if it's not to shine light for other people? And one of the really good things about what Hillary got me with that torch is this. It's got a baby one! (laughs) Isn't that nice? So they match. (laughs) Isn't that cute? The whole point of receiving the Spirit is not so you feel great. It may do that. It's because we can go out into the world and produce more torches. (laughs) Because that's what God wants to do, isn't it? Make disciples of all nations. Let's receive power today to do that, shall we? Dave's back from his holidays. He's going to just come and bring a final word to us. Peter's going to bring the final word because he promised. Um, I've had a brilliant holiday, but I failed. 
up to a point. I was sitting next to a man from Gillingham, and that's brilliant because I support Gillingham. Um, he knows that I'm a minister because I told him. Everybody on our table knows that I'm a minister. But I talked about church. We talked about church. But I never told him about Jesus. When I was at London Bible College, we had uh, the summer vax. Two of us had a job walking around the streets of Watford. We had to push a pedometer and paint little marks every 100 meters. Pushing a pedometer all day raises a lot of comments. So, taking your little wheel for a walk, are you? But people would say, well, why are you doing this? We'd say, we're students. Well, what are you studying? Well, we're at London Bible College, and we developed this. We're learning about the Bible so we can tell people about Jesus. On one occasion, we mentioned the name Jesus, and the man stood and talked to us for an hour. We had to confess to our boss that we'd spent an hour talking about Jesus. The next day, we found a man who was just going in his gate, and he asked us the same question. Well, we're studying the scriptures so we can tell people about Jesus. We'd had a wonderful conversation up to that point. The man was looking in our eyes. He was bright. He was happy. As soon as we mentioned the name Jesus, he literally did this. And didn't say another word. The Holy Spirit is given to us to be witnesses of Jesus. In part two of what Peter wanted to say, he said that we are witnesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Lord of the whole earth. He's the Lord of the universe, that he has overcome all the powers. But how do you do that? I suggest you begin by appropriately mentioning the name Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. His name will draw the response and provide you the opportunities to speak. Okay. I just want to stand here and say, if you don't know God, ask for him. He's real. He's given his Holy Spirit so you can know him. And without knowing him, we're up a gum tree, aren't we? We're dead. We've got no light. We're in the dark. And having received him, let's be bold and expect more than we have of ourselves. Amen to that. This is a short scripture I'll read from Thessalonians and then Hilary is going to close and sing and things. <laughs> Friends, you're not in the dark. We live under wide open skies. You're sons of light, daughters of day. Let's not sleepwalk through life like others. Let's keep our eyes open and smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we're creatures of the day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight, sober, dressed up in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we're alive with him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope. So you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. Amen.